as somebody who has received uh, ear-related flesh damage from shows, yeah. I actually was watching a video the other day. I wish I knew who it was by, but they're talking about how most of the quote-unquote fashion choices that mm-hmm. we choose from pirates yeah. were not fashion choices at all. Like the reason they had earrings mm-hmm. was because they would keep a ball of wax on the bottom mm-hmm. and then they could use them as earplugs when they'd shoot cannons. Mm-hmm. That's cool. They would. They didn't just have dangly earrings because they were cunty. Uh, I mean, they were cunty, but it, you, you, you can be cunty and functional. Yeah, same with the eye patches. Yeah. Night sight. Night move sight. it over. Yeah. I heard that that was actually a, an urban myth. Is it? Mm-hmm. It I, could be both. Urban myth or not, it does actually work. It does actually work. I think the, the reason that they said it was an urban myth was that um, the argument was the, so that, you know, if you are in a fight and you are mm-hmm. and the sp- fight spills under deck, you can switch your eye patch. But you still only have one eye and that's fucking up your depth perception 100% of the yeah. time. Yeah. Which is really, really bad for a fight. A sword fight, specifically. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. So uh, I've, I've heard that it was uh, not a true fact. Yeah. I, oh, I, this was just a random reel I saw, too. So they may not have uh, researched. How like, dare they? I, I could see old-timey pirates having lots of jewelry things because it's just cash mm-hmm. that you just have on your person. Right. And it's usually hard, especially if you're traveling internationally, to tax jewelry. That's true, too. Mm-hmm. So it's just a functional of, like... I ain't paying the government shit. Fuck them. <laughs> that makes sense too, actually. I like that more. I like that the most so far. I've I have I abused that for tabletop games. Absolutely. They're just like, how do you want to get paid, jewelry? It's like you just like shiny things. I'm like, yep. Gimme, then we gimme. get to a, a border crossing, and I'm the only one not having to pay taxes. Speaking of not ta- paying taxes, hi and welcome to Blank Bodies, hey. a Vampire the Masquerade V5 tabletop and horror podcast. I'm your host, Hunter, and as always, I'm joined by... I'm John. And this is Sarah. I can't find any cool earplugs, and for some reason I've gone from concert earplugs to sleeping earplugs. Mm-hmm. That always freaked me out. I don't like that idea. Sleeping with earplugs? Yeah. Yeah? What if a fire alarm goes off? What if? Well, I feel like you'd hear that. What if somebody breaks in? Yeah. Someone breaks in. Also, just like, I feel like I would sleep through my alarm. That's the yeah. bigger alarm. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I have a couple of friends that uh, because of sensory issues, they have like the they have the earplugs that are not super intense to just like cut down on the volume because, you know, shockingly, me and other friends of ours are loud as fuck. So for playing tabletop games, we're all just screaming. And mm-hmm. for some of our friends with the uh, the tism, it's a bit much. So they have sensory earplugs. And... I've never screamed a day in my life. <laughs> not once. Not in this Christian <laughs> Minecraft server. Ah! Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's one of those, I'm like, I'm glad you found a tool that works for you. I'm sorry that my uh, friendship is so abrasive that you had to get a fucking friendship aid (laughs) to, like, exist around me. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But uh, that is is one way of uh, having interactions with people. We're having, we're we're continuing to talk about NPCs as part of our Adventures as Explored series. It might become more of a series. It may be a series. It might be a series. We've got two parts now. Second part right now is Social Circles. So this will be NPCs as a collective, which is basically how to use and run and organize uh, NPCs as organizations and social groups. One of us. One of us. One of us. One of us. Yeah. So mostly going to be deep diving uh, fame, influence, and status along with their flaw versions. So more details on those things. Hooray. Fancy. Fancy. Content warning should be just normal world darkness issues. That's Thank- fair. Thankfully, nothing too uh, explicitly spicy this time. So, hooray. Woo! Fame. So, basically, the breakdown for what fame entails is uh, 
going to quote the book a little bit here, is mortals know your name and eagerly seek out news of your activities. Fame grants pull within mass and social media. You have more ways than most to manipulate the thoughts of the populace. This one's interesting. Yeah. Because the... just from that description alone, it sounds like both a um, benefit and a curse. Mm-hmm. This is one of those little like monkey's paw mm-hmm. uh, benefit and flaws. Because the flaw version also has some weird kind of benefits with it too. So you're just like, I get why you're categorizing things the way you do, but this one kind of straddles that line in a weird way. Yeah. So as decide how intense these are going to be with your group and make sure that is understood. Because uh, like many things of World of Darkness, it's left a little vague. Hooray. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so while the book states that this default, uh, affects mortal society later on in the exact same section, it states that this background can be bought, uh, within vampire society as well as a separate pool. That's interesting. Yeah. I feel like I have mixed feelings on that. Yeah. Cause I feel like once you become so famous and can like kind society, mm-hmm. it might spill over. It's, it's got to, right? Because kindred are naturally just like so intertwined with humans if you're just like a fucking lady gaga of the world how are if you walk into elysium other kindred not going to be like oh fuck it's the lady gaga of the world i feel like some you could have it like you know what i mean it's just like i guarantee you before he passed like my grandpa is uh, was human old Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he could. He would have been able to tell you who Ice Spice was. You know what I mean? No, that's or Lizzo, fair. or you know, yeah. the Lady Gaga of House Labs. Now add like a hundred plus years to that, and it's just like, especially when you're dealing with like an Elysium with like older, more powerful people, they're just I like guess that makes sense. Yeah, I, guess, I don't give a shit. Depending, depending on this flash humanity. in the pan pop music you work on. Yeah, <laughs> depending on age and uh, interest and investment in humanity, there might be. You know, kindred that are just like, I don't care who this you too is. Me too, bitch. <laughs> Fuck off. Fair enough. Yeah, I yeah. guess that makes sense. It, yeah, it can. But there's also going to be certain amounts of like younger kindred, especially because V5 skews such a younger age range for mm-hmm. vampires that, yeah, I would assume a Lady Gaga would... is that a good is that a good example still no it's good it's okay. good right. uh, i feel like she's kind of past her peak mm-hmm. of popularity but people still know who she is okay yeah she's it probably doesn't help the fact that because i'm so involved in just like gay media and gay spaces and like she is she is like share she is ascended mm. like she's no longer famous she it, is god yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. but is. to a smaller group of people mm-hmm. like i feel like you don't hear about her in the normal Right. Music rounds and yeah. not as much. No, she's not wearing meat dresses places. But uh, the the example I had written for us to kind of go over this little weird dichotomy split was so we have the undisputed Baron of the Valley, Victor Temple from L.A. by Night. <laughs> uh, he may have a high fame rating amongst mortals because you know because he has the the Temple of Boom record label, all that kind of stuff. So a lot of the mortals are like, "Hey, we know this guy. He's cool." I I haven't seen his character sheet. I am assuming that is a three to four dot fame rating amongst mortals but uh his fame around vampires probably be a lot lower lower because he's constantly having to reaffirm that he is the undisputed baron of the valley oh yeah okay because i was like victor if it wasn't if it was so undisputed why do you have to say it why literally at the start of every scene yeah (laughs) like it's good branding i respect the hustle but that might be a one maybe two dots of fame in just LA and that's it mm, kind mm-hmm. of a thing. So like you leave LA and people are more like, what the fuck is the Valley? Yeah. <laughs> I being a mere Midwesterner when I was watching that, they're like, Oh yeah, we're in the Valley. I'm like, 
There's many valleys. Which one? I'm There's very... actually a space on uh, Anderson University campus <laughs> mm-hmm. called the Valley. Yeah, and no one knows where that no is. One, no, no one. No one. You can knows. undisputedly have be the baron of that s- small section of a campus. That's fine. Yeah, we're close to the Appalachians and Ozarks. There's just hollers, which is just another word for valley. Honestly, it's isn't spookier. a holler a valley that has like a population? Basically, uh, my understanding of a holler is like it's a very like steeply inclined like valley space in between uh mountainous areas i'm using context clues honestly there's a lot of colloquialisms that i'm just like i i understand what dictionary.com says but the way you're using it is a little different and that's okay language is hard a valley is long wide and relatively flat area of land that is usually formed by a river or glacier Mm -hmm. on the other hand a holler is a colloquial term that is more commonly used in southern and appalachian dialects to describe a small narrow and steep-sided valley Mm -hmm. or ravine okay i wasn't wrong about it just being like those country roads where if you look off the side of the road you're just like that's just basically a cliff yeah yeah okay cool good to know uh, other thing that's good to know is, uh, the more dots you have in fame, the harder it is to move or act without others noticing. Yeah. Which is where that little monkey's paw comes in. Because you have the unfortunate of like, oh, well, trying to be a vampire and maintaining masquerade is hard. That sucks. But the bonus is people just give you things and do things for you and have all sorts of bonuses. And also it's harder for vampires to fuck with you because people are looking at you. Mm-hmm. all the time so it's harder to just be like well i can't just stake him because that's gonna where'd he go that's gonna cause a there's gonna a be a stir. lot of questions there's gonna be a lot of questions there's gonna be whole sleuthing groups on the internet looking for whoever <laughs> just entire youtube channels sleuthing dedicated groups. to the investigation of this famous person who suddenly went missing it's true yeah who I think we did. We talk about that on a previous episode. Mm. That one celebrity who there was like an entire true crime podcast about what happened to her. She disappeared, and then it turned out she just had Alzheimer's and didn't want to be in the public anymore. Mm. Oh yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, I'm I'm forgetting the name of the person right now. It's okay, I will grant them their wanted um, lack of attention. We don't have to say the name. That's yeah. fair. But uh, that was a totally a thing that happened. Essentially, a former celebrity was like. I want to go be peaceful and alone. And then like true crime podcasts are like, we're going to find this bitch and expose her. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like, I, I remembered the name now out of respect. I'm not going to say her name, but it was definitely a, like a Hollywood golden age starlet. Yeah. Of a lot of renown. So it's one of those. I'm like, y'all just let her retire, man. Yeah. But yes, that's what happens when you have fame five as a vampire and try to end your career. There's like, man, you look really good for 85. And you're just like, yeah, I do. Stem cells. (laughs) That's why Ken got into producing instead of touring. He's like, I got to slowly. Yep. If I if I slowly acclimate everybody to me being gone, like dipping a betta fish into (laughs) into a pool. So mechanically, the way this kind of shakes out is for each dot in fame, uh, this will lower the difficulty on social tests with fans and uh, potentially like hunting tests because people are going to be like, sure, celebrity person, you're trustworthy. I'll go hang out with you. Or, oh, my God. Yeah, I want to hang out. Woo. Nibble, nibble, nibble. Yeah. It's like, OK, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and you could you could have fun with being creative on what fame might affect in various other pools. You know, eh. test your luck. See what happens. What's the worst that could happen? Rolling a messy crit. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... You get your way because you flip the table and now mm, paparazzi are here. Fuck. 
That's that's how you dodge situations. You just weaponize the paparazzi. They're like, <laughs> if I caught, you don't want to start shit with me because I'm going to cause a scene and there's going to be so many people and they're going to document that you're here and people are going to have questions. When you're trying to track down the missing uh, thin blood and you end up in the news, what mm-hmm. is pop I- icon so-and-so doing in C-Squat? Mm-hmm. Just like, are they on drugs? Bitch, I'm a rock and roller. Of course I'm on drugs. I, I, didn't, I didn't specify Ken, first of all. <laughs> one, wasn't specifying Ken specifically. Two, this day and age, there's a good chance your your rock and roll icon fucking straight edge as fuck. That's true. Yeah, rock and roll is dead, first of all. It got killed by multiple genres. <laughs> like, no bands play just rock and roll anymore. That's what, like, retired mm-hmm. dads say they play when yeah, they play true. Led Zeppelin covers. Yeah, it's, it is kind of interesting, the amount of... Uh, younger new like indie sleaze bands or alt bands or whatever that they're playing and i'm like this is garage rock you guys are just playing rock and roll like they're trying to give it like cutesy other names no indie like, sleaze has more electronic influence. you're not wrong but it's like it's sold as indie sleaze but when you actually listen to it it's very just like 60s garage yeah well 60s know? garage came back in the early 2000s too so i think what people are doing is they're blending the two big revival genres mm-hmm. of the early 2000s now 20 years later into a single genre again yeah but but that's neither here nor there right now it's not my music history podcast that i don't need <laughs> that we don't need to also hyper fixate on yeah absolutely not anyways uh fame can also replace or add bonus die to social tests when applicable so you know if you're just like hey i'm trying to do this thing a social test Hey, ST, can I use my three and fame to add to this? And like, yeah, go for it. What's the worst that could happen? I don't know. I just nothing. Like, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing, is nothing the worst can go happen. wrong. <laughs> nothing will go wrong. Nothing could go wrong. Yeah. No, I just, I just low key as a storyteller, like ominously threatening players with things where nothing bad's going to happen. I'm just like, are you sure you want to do that? Okay. Roll the dice. What's going to happen to you? Mm-hmm. And then a couple of times I'm joking and then the dice pool is terrible as a roll. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Now I actually have to come up with something. <laughs> I talked all this mad shit. On a who uh side note though while some npcs may be excited to see you because you know fame is cool yay yeah people like famous people uh there will be times where npcs are unimpressed or they're not gonna like the fact that they're gonna get secondhand attention because you're here they're like man i was vibing in my own fucking lane doing my thing but but now because you showed up a bunch of these weird squirrely fucking people from instagram are are now going to be like doxing my fucking workshop I have to move now. That'd be a really good way for, for for a famous kindred to fuck with another one too. Yeah. <laughs> Just start frequenting their favorite like the uh the business that the mm-hmm. kindred the the kindred they don't like owns. Yeah. Just start frequenting the coffee shop that the person you're pissed at. I did that in a game once, except there was a uh there was a Hakata lawyer that was like kinda strong arming my character and I didn't like it. So I I was playing a character that had internet fame with like paranormal people. So I started posting on Anon accounts about the historic building that the law office was in was haunted. Nice. <laughs> so just all these weird ghost hunting people were trying to record EVPs in front of this law office where they're doing like mafia gangster like Hakata shit. Yeah. And they're just like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I was a fucking menace. I also like the idea of just like an NPC who's just really not into whatever your player uh, is famous for. I won't name names, but I remember when we did a house venue and a mm-hmm. specific big like folk punk band came by and tried to act real impressive because mm-hmm. of who they're and they're like, I hate acoustic music. You're talking to the wrong person. <laughs> Park behind the garage. No yes. one's allowed in the house. Yeah. Get in the garage. Uh, that's always fun. I just imagine like Ken showing up and someone being like, oh, you play that old bullshit? 
Who the fuck are you? You still alive? Start yeah. rapping. Start yeah. rapping. He probably could. He, he probably was a could. Poet. Yeah, just like ten freestyles. Maybe then I'll care. Just Ken, he's like Ken. Ken, you mean that guy my dad listens to? Okay, <laughs> that's what my dad puts on when he's really sad. I'm sad you're here. Yeah. Aww, Kendrick, you mean that divorced dad rock? Oof. <laughs> oh, that would these hurt. young kids are reading him to filth. Filth. Uh, Again, why he moves to? Uh, he's pulling a Dr. Dre. You know, can't keep up with the music, mm-hmm. like playing the music now. So he'll help other people produce it. There you go. Stay famous that way, and then just slowly just Say, squeak I'm, yourself I'm into I'm the done. background. Yeah. Uh, though I will note, as storyteller and players, uh, you might want to consider how much technology and mass media are going to impact your game, because this can be either super interesting or completely stymie whatever the fuck plot's going on. So things to consider is, do you want uh, player actions to potentially go viral online, because some rando recorded you doing some cool vampire shit? Or just saying some weird shit in public. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you're talking about vampire stuff, and then you end up being the next lady on the airplane yelling, he's not fucking real. (laughs) (laughs) You're the next Bing Bong. Yes. Wait, Bing Bong. Yeah, the the people from New York, they're just like, Bing Bong, fuck your life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that whole fucking meme. I'm not doing the voice. I'm not dignifying New York. (laughs) That was rude. I'm sorry. Uh, But yeah, other things to consider is, does the news affect the plot? Mm, mm Mm-hmm. Something just I found a lot of games doesn't come up, which is weird considering just it's a modern urban fantasy. And I'm like, the news affects things all the time. It should pop up now and again, even if like you guys as a chronicle don't particularly care. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like how much is how much are external forces going to affect what's going on inside of your game? Uh, Are there events outside of the city that are going to affect the events or tone inside of your city? So like if another city has a natural disaster... Is that going to affect anything going on in your city? And if anything is going on in your city, is that affecting things outside? Things to consider. Uh, how strict is the ban on technology within the Camarilla of your city? <laughs> That's also a big one. Because I've I've run the gambit of absolutely no technology get fucked to uh, the parts of the Camarilla have accepted you have to have certain types of technology to maintain masquerade. But they're very, like, parental control, like... This is your business phone for mortal business. That is all this is ever used for. Mm. If it's used for anything outside of that, you're in trouble. But everybody also just had like secret phones. Yeah. Constantly. So. I like the idea of a city. It's just making this up. But mm-hmm. I think it'd be fun to have a digital like sheriff or a harpy whose essentially only job is to just monitor all known kindred social media. I kind of made a Tremere for that once because um, th- th- this was a Chicago game I played in very, very shortly. And I played a Tremere whose whole thing was kind of monitoring social media and internet postings uh, for potential masquerade problems and basically spinning them so that it just kind of would get lost in the noise of just the internet, mm-hmm. uh, which resulted in by proxy. I had so much data on so many things. Oh, I'm sure. And it was a problem. <laughs> I mean, you can make a whole plot of a prince decides, you know what? Uh, each clan is in charge of that on their own. Whoever's mm-hmm. in charge of the clan, that's your job now. Oh, my gosh. A whole chronicle where the coterie is just the cyber crimes division. <laughs> <laughs> it just, just, I just, I just need the kindred in the city to stop posting porn. Stop posting. 
You're leaving so much metadata. It's like, I don't care that you're fucking, there's just so much metadata. You are doxing yourself constantly. Oh, like stop making it. porn. I thought you're like, I just want, need them to stop watching it. Stop no. leaving the Pornhub comments. Yeah, well, that too. Because again, also just like leaving tons of metadata and security issues. And it's like, yeah, I found your IP address. You have a camera on a computer that you don't cover. Or, and it's just people can just silently watch and listen in on everything you're doing in your house or in I, your haven. I like the idea of uh, somebody being like, listen, I know you get excited in the heat of the moment, but you can't comment on that porn video that you haven't seen a woman is this beautiful in a thousand years. <laughs> I know people say weird shit on there, but that's a little too direct. It's a little, it's a little on the nose, my guy. I understand that you're giving a very delightful, and this is one of the most comment etiquette pro, like, good comments I've seen in a hot minute, but you've said this enough that if somebody starts stringing things together... It's a meme now. Hmm, the- Yeah like just a vampire leaves a comment and it's just so fucking wild it has become a meme and it's like <laughs> listen you can't keep posting under vladdy 1556 like you're a known entity you have to make a new account we <laughs> do have that romance book come out so maybe we can save some of these characters for when we, we discuss that <laughs> oh my god Vamp- vampires participating in vampire erotic rp to entice people for their herd. Oh my fucking god. Gross. Weaponizing AO3. <sighs> Anyways, continuing on. I am so sorry, everyone. So fame is an avenue of control uh, for like uh, thought and culture, which is something that I think a lot of people kind of misconstrue uh, or underutilize with fame. Because it's like, oh, it's just a social thing. And people like me for things I do. I'm like, yeah. But the power that comes with that is your ability to control the framework of thought and the context of how everybody interacts with each other and things. So it's kind of like a subtler nexus of control that can have a lot more of a long-term impact. And for those who uh, aren't sure about that or just like, how would you be able to wield fame as a social combat societally? The example I I propose is one uh, because I went down this fucking rabbit hole again recently. So, uh, Coco Chanel is a fucking Nazi and a bitch. We're just gonna get that out of the fucking way. But a lot of people credit her with having a lot of innovations and inventing a lot of things, particularly in, like, modern women's fashion, like the little black dress and putting, like, sportswear into, like, women's clothing. And she didn't fucking do any of that shit. Coco <laughs> Chanel's from... France. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, she was part of that, like, Vichy France. Like, she was, like, fucking an SS officer yeah. and shit. Uh... But uh, she actually said some shit that was so wildly out of pocket and anti-Semitic that even, like, other Nazi French people, like, kind of canceled her. Oh. During Nazi-occupied France. Oh. Like, crazy lady. But yeah, uh, during her height of, like, uh, fashion influence with her couture house, uh, a lot of other fashion designers were also doing their versions of little flak dresses and also were doing, like, jersey knit sweaters and, like, Mm. uh, sportswear kind of things in women's fashion is just Coco Chanel got so famous, particularly in the United States that she was able to uh, convince fashion journalists to just write that she did X, Y, and Z. And it's just now accepted in like fashion history and the cultural milieu mm-hmm. that like Coco Chanel invented, like how modern women dress and da, 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 da. And it's like, no, Coco Chanel's not the reason why we got rid of corsets. Right. Like, that's not true. So that's a historical version of somebody wielding their fame to just, like, literally change how everybody thinks about the way people put clothes on, which is, like, such a fundamental just thing that we all interact with every day. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, so if, if you're creative, 
if you're creative and you're smart, guys, you can use fame to do all sorts of terrible things. I need to start using my fame more often. You really should. So, being a trendsetter and influencer can open up avenues to finding more contacts, allies, and resources, obviously, because you can just do the, oh, yeah, I met a guy on set for a thing, or I met a journalist, or I had my motocross thing worked at this one shop. There's tons of things. You can milk that for a bunch of shit. And also just being like, hi, guys, I'm famous. Give me money. Please. Please give money. I, Hey, I will tell people on the internet that your product is cool. <laughs> give me money. It's like, okay, here's two resources. Thank you. Yeah. This shit rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Love the idea of just Ken just hopping onto his fucking Instagram to do a story <laughs> of just like, hey, this product, it rocks. And then suddenly just got two more resources. <laughs> bloop, bloop. For a project. And as I've mentioned before, uh, fame can be as much of a shield as it is a pain in the ass because, you know, people are looking at you and that complicates trying to maintain the masquerade and shit. So as an NPC character, fame can open up the narrative for the storyteller to highlight aspects of social commentary, disconnects uh, with humanity and themselves and vampire culture and human culture because of the masquerade and all that kind of shit. And themes around art, consumption, obsession, all that kind of thing. So... Uh, the way I would maybe consider manifesting this is through a series of personal interactions, like series of one-off moments with random individuals, like fans, cosplayers, groupies, however you want to run with that. And like regular interactions with like agents, journalists, industry people, that kind of thing. And if you're wanting to do what I think is, uh, something I think in role-playing games people should maybe consider more is environmental interactions. So for fame, I would kind of consider this as like tabloid rumors coming up in conversations with other people about your character mm. that maybe even your character doesn't know about. And they're just like, I did what? Who's oh. saying I did what? Interesting. Okay. Well, that's, that's a thing. Pretty or, sure I was at the movies that day. Getting TMZ'd. <laughs> getting TMZ'd. Yeah. You're in this, you make a pit stop to go grab a supply for something, or you're putting gas in your car and the little fucking TV on the gas pump is just playing some shit and you're on the screen and you're just like, what the fuck nuggets? Yeah. Uh, things like that. Uh, reports playing on the radio and podcasts about like things your character is doing that other people might've picked up on. Um, literal billboards, books and other media that just exist in the world. Like you're trying to go have a cool meeting and then a, a photo shoot for an ad you did. is just like in the background of the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you you did a Calvin Klein ad and it's on the top of a building like two skyscrapers over from the building you're in currently and there's just you and your fucking boxers yes directly behind you in like a business suit yeah. trying to cut a deal <laughs> hilarious various other things so those are just uh, fun things you can do to kind of uh, manifest whatever the rating of the dots is in a way that's tangible that isn't just flatly some character going Hey, you're a famous person that does thing. Give autograph because people totally still ask for autographs. I've gotten things autographed. I mean, I have one thing that I got autographed that now I have to uh, cover up and I'm not happy about it. Oh, all right. Like a tattoo? No. When uh, you said cover up, I... Uh, I had I had a musician that I have enjoyed for many years and I thought they were safe. Uh, it turns out they are not safe and they had signed one of my vests. Aww. So now I got to cover that because I don't want to destroy the vest. Fair. Just like, damn it, I, it was like 20 years, I thought you were good, like, you follow some, like, certain artists long enough, and you think that, you're like, okay, they're not a sex pest, everything's fine, and then you're just like, never mind, mm. I was very wrong. 
moving on though. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then, you know, using fame, you can also, story players can uh, build up the lore of your player character and to see how that, like, more widely engages with the world. So that's always kind of a fun thing. Just being like, hey, dude, uh, hand the player uh, a sheet with, like, five lines. I'm like, give me just, like, a handful of things that your character ha- counts as accomplishments. And then mm. I can just kind of pepper those in throughout things. Yeah. I like for more social games Mm -hmm. just asking your players questions like that in advance anyway we kind of did that with shadow run a little bit like i like sitting down and actually asking your players questions about their backstory yeah like when they you know they're like i'm famous i'm a musician it's like all right well what kind of music do you make uh do you self-release are you on a record label have how like how many albums do you have under your belt uh how long have you been doing this Mm -hmm. you know yeah you're a you're an influencer. Okay, well, what platform or platforms do you use? What kind of content do you make? Do you do this yourself? Mm-hmm. What's your demographic? Like, is this eight year olds watching what you're doing, or sixty year olds, or somewhere right. in between? Yeah, I I need to know what kind of weirdos are going to be walking up to you, going hi. Because <laughs> if you just let me make random weirdos, it's going to get weird. Yeah, it may be not weird in a way that you find engaging at all. It's just like a well that happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, you know, there's 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 a lot that can be done to build out fame outside of just like, I'm famous. And I'm like, okay, why? How does that affect things? How do you affect things? Like, what? It's like, yeah. Are you not aware of that when you're famous, you kind of have an effect on how people like perceive reality and engage with culture and stuff. And you can actually shape and affect that. And like, how are you wielding that? Anyways, stay uh, infamy. <laughs> Were you asking me how I how I personally wield I my fame? I wasn't Skipper? personally, but if you want to no. think about that, if I could wield my fame, I use mine to be a silly little guy. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that. I, Mischief I, of the good natured kind. Yeah, wholesome shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's kind of our vibe, mostly. There should be more wholesome shenanigans in the world. Absolutely. Uh, what's not wholesome is infamy. So infamy is the flaw version of fame, and this is where your character is known for doing something terrible. Usually some sort of socio-culture faux pas. Does it, so my first thought, because of our last conversation, yes. can this come around in the opposite way, where occasionally there'll be someone who's just like, I fucking love how you stuck it to them. Yes, actually. So G.G. Allen. Yes, there's that. So uh, the, the range of infamy can be from just people think you're a dickhead for whatever reason to you've done something so heinous and monstrously criminal and terrible that people are actively trying to like put you down for the betterment of society. Mm. Like, sorry, I can't think of a better um, in world Mm. example, but like you could be like an OJ Simpson where Mm -hmm. it's like, you maybe got off, but literally most people think you're a murderer. Mm -hmm. And so most people see you and they forget about any other accomplishments you had and say, Oh, it's that murderer. Yeah, that would be a pretty high end for me. That would be a good way to look at like high end infamy. Yeah, where everyone's just like, oh, you did a, but oh no. I feel like that's a five because that flipped like his fame. Yeah, the way that the book kind of parses that out, like the hot, because of higher infamy, you can end up as a, people are actively trying to exterminate you or like obtain you. So I'd say OJ's probably at a three now. Mm. Actually, unfortunately, I see the trial. I'd say he's at a four. See, I'd say now he's probably down to it, too. He's yeah. kind of become an influencer again because people are just back on to following him as a sports guy again for Which some reason. weird. That is strange. I mean, I I respect the justice system and the fact that, you know, innocence before guilt and all that stuff, but we're not going to get into that right now. If I did it. Yeah, that kind of shit. 
Uh, but yeah, the more dots you have in infamy, infamy, uh, the more difficult interactions become, um, which the book does say, and a quote, at worst, the authorities attempt to kill or capture you when you appear. So if you try to lay low, you might make it other times. No, it's kind of the, I guess. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of a good. Can you, could you maybe, um, mm. equate dots in infamy <laughs> to stars of wanted level? Yeah, that's a good trick. That's a good transfer of it. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's like how many how many cops are actively actively coming for for one? You're just like oh, okay, this kind of sucks. Right. Two people are just like problem. Three. Oh fuck. Beyond that, it's just like oh no. You're getting SWAT and then the military. Yeah. Exactly. So that was that was a good one. Thank you. Uh, the book recommends that if you have only a one dot infamy, it should come with a one dot dark secret since it's easier to uncover than a truly real life-threatening secret mm. because there are people actively trying to like come and get you mm-hmm. kind of play that how you want i guess so you basically get a free extra flaw okay. yeah but they're like specifically tied in together yeah that's a really interesting way to do that yeah. yeah it's like i'm not against it but i think that might be more of like a situation based i would ask your player and then i probably wouldn't give them the infamy i would just give them the dark secret mm-hmm. and like ask them why they want the infamy and then decide which i think was more appropriate for the situation because yeah. i feel like that first infamy dot is when someone finds out your dark secret mm-hmm. and then and then it, then it turns from, from dark secret to infamy yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of yeah. where I, I would kind of maybe kind of flip i that guess script. like with one dot of infamy it's like there's like a small group of people who are like fuck this guy mm-hmm. so yeah. maybe the dark secret is like whatever you did to screw over those few people but that's hasn't not quite gotten out yet exactly yeah, yeah. that's hasn't an interesting out. way to look and then that. once that's out then you flip that to a two dot infamy exactly yeah probably so little note on dark secret this is basically the less intense version of infamy since technically no one or only a couple of people know the fucked up thing you did mm-hmm uh, the book gives examples of a two dot dot a two dot dark secret being you're a cleaver, which is a predator type, where you're like I'm a I'm a feed off my family, and I'm like that's creepy, Gross. weird. Thanks, stepfather. Uh, you're a serial masquerade breacher. You've been blood hunted somewhere else. Those kinds of things. Uh, things that are bad no nos in vampire world, but can happen elsewhere so people just don't know about it and mortals probably wouldn't mortals care too wouldn't, much yeah mortals wouldn't fucking know I mean, i'm certain if they knew about vampire stuff and they would go agree that this is also bad mm-hmm. so there's that and then a one dot uh dark secret would be things like you owe somebody a big debt uh you have someone close to you that has infamy two or more so it's like you're not the problem but like your sire yeah somebody was a coterie mate your mala your mala the the former primogen of your clan something something somebody somebody around you did some fuckery and now you're catching blowback for it Mm. i'm also gonna pull back on what i said a little bit a Mm. second ago because i think you could easily bring mortals into it if looked at from a different angle Mm-hmm. So like, oh, you're a cleaver that I mean, like we mentioned earlier with the celebrity, like a true crime podcast ends up mm-hmm. on your tail because you're a f- family annihilator who didn't get caught. Yeah. You know, or you might uh, you might not for whatever re- breaches of the masquerade, you got some like paranormal TikToker was that was like caught on video, this superhuman. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and now people are trying to look you a small niche group of people are like creating a wiki about you creating a wiki and they're scouring like public access street cams with ai to like use facial recognition to find you on just the off chance you show up somewhere the seattle airport Birdman. they have, you have a real bad mm. nickname something like that <laughs> they're just like god damn it <sighs> trying to be cool it's trying to bring trench coats back <laughs> now they think i'm the bird that's bullshit stupid <sighs> fucking what's his nuts got the fucking the mothman things with the good butt <laughs> should have worn tight pants always wear tight pants what am i thinking <laughs> what am i thinking <laughs> so i like to think that this is this is some ventru that was like scouting out the airport to purchase it mm-hmm. then he got caught on camera like you know, soaring, leaping over a fence or something. Uh-huh. And they're like, it's the bird, man. And he's like, God damn it. I thought I was looking cool. I'm, I'm going to have to fire that ghoul. I just like, I thought I, t- I thought he turned the cameras off. Now yeah. I have to buy the airport to delete that footage. Right. <laughs> I have to buy, I have to buy the security company at the airport first. That's true. Which means I've got to sink all that money, which means I've got to put back and delay buying the fucking airport. God, God damn it. Damn it. <laughs> all because I didn't wear tight pants. If only my butt was looking nicer, they'd be distracted. Uh, I gotta make that appointment with Zanitsi. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, but yeah, since, cake. since the book states that Dark Secret provides one fewer point than the equivalent infamy, if your Dark Secret is made widely known, this flaw may be converted into equal infamy. So a... Kind of like what we said earlier. Yeah, mm. so I, I slightly typoed and I apologize. So like a one dot Dark Secret would become a two dot infamy. Oh, yeah. Then. Okay. So. so, yeah, the dark secret is less than how many points of infamy it would be if people knew. Yeah. Okay, so one. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so a one dot dark secret becomes a two dot infamy, and a two dot dark secret becomes a three dot infamy. And I imagine if you have somehow have a five dot dark secret, it would just go to five because you can't go you to You can't get any higher. I don't know how the fuck you're having a five dot dark secret short of. I'm Kane. <laughs> I ate Kane. I imagine it would have to be something very nasty in kindred society that mortals would also look down upon. Yeah. Like. I embraced a child. Like, I was, that's pretty bad. Um, (laughs) I was, that's that's pretty bad. I was going to say, um, like, actually, during during the Sabbat raid, I was the one who killed and diablerized the prince when he was, like, blindsided him. Mm. Like, something Mm -hmm. fucking wild like that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 just like I've I conducted a ritual that ripped the souls out of this entire orphanage. I was very hungry. Yeah. Oh no, their souls are still around. They live in my chantry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this child ghosts. Child ghosts. I named one Casper for the ambiance. <laughs> the ambiance. <sighs> so both infamy and dark seeker can provide opportunities to manifest the social pressure. As personal interactions, so this could be like people snooping into your business, people refusing you services, active antagonists, even more dangerous or problematic NPC seeking you out for help or like kudos. Okay, kind of what I mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just ha- reading reading through that in the book, I was just like, oh God, yeah. Oh, that'd be awful if, you know, you're just like... You're hanging out at a bar and Balthazar walks up to you and is like, hey man, I really like what you've been doing recently. Yeah. God, fuck that guy. Yeah, You're like, excuse him. the fuck out of me. For, for those of you who aren't up on the uh, Chicago by Night book, Balthazar is a Bruja NPC who is racist as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, owned slaves, super about that life. And he's got like one of those hipsters, like curly mustaches. And then like the... the, the... He's cartoon Irish boxer. He's cartoon Irish boxer with like a Richard Spencer haircut and a mustache. Yeah. 
Yeah. And just, fu- he like, fuck that guy. He's awful. He's awful. Every time I've run to Chicago and I, I, anytime I explain Balthazar, I just quietly, I'm like, I really hope the players kill him. That was our side quest. It, you're working that on was it. literally our side quest. You're working on it. I need to pick the game up so you guys can kill that guy. You specifically chose him as an enemy so yep. that we could kill him. <laughs> I know. Yep. And I was like, hell <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> or there's also the environmental interactions where it could be NPCs in the background whispering about the PCs. They walk past uh, wanted posters, like quite literally. Do those still exist? Kind of. I've seen uh, FBI watch lists. I know uh, they have those at yeah. like the post office. They'll have like the mm-hmm. top 10 most wanted things ever. But like, yeah, I've, I've seen smaller ones where it's either uh, smaller versions of this where it's like local stores have had to deal with like thefts or robberies. So they'll have like wanted, like, have you seen this person contact this number with info? Uh, and I've also seen the billboards, yeah, like the FBI or like the state uh, police posting for specific individuals. Yeah. I see that. I don't see that. I see a lot of like happy person making a statement about how they're glad they don't do drugs anymore. Those are most of the state billboards yeah, around me. That We live in different sides of the city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you could have just a weird old timey vampire who like was a cowboy and just yeah. makes wanted posters and just puts them up in Elysiums. See, I was going to say, I like the idea that there's a wanted poster of you in a local museum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be sick. Like, that was you. It was like, oh, it me, homie. That'd be sick. <laughs> that'd be sick. But yeah, and then also you can include notices and reminders of the actions and behaviors being socially unacceptable that have no direct interaction with the PC. So, you know, let's say your character did a Diablery. Characters around your character may speak of Diablery and how terrible it is and how heinous it is and how they would not they would not be able to accept somebody in society mm-hmm. that has done the thing. And you just have to quietly sit there and be like, uh-huh, yep. Definitely. That sucks. You shouldn't yeah. do it. Various other things you can do that in crimes, which I think is fun just to constantly just needle a player with where it's like people around you technically don't know the bad thing you're doing, but the universe maybe does. And now you have to feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember when I many decades ago had to put down a, a, a kindred that somebody embraced because they were 10. Who does that? Anne Rice. Oh, <sighs> anyways. <laughs> yeah. And just other, so just having groups of unsavory people that are just like really into the thing that you did. Yeah. And they're terrible. And they're just going on about how cool this thing is. And they're like, I don't know who did that, but if I did, I would do, you know, I'd hang out with them. We could do all sorts of cool stuff. Da, 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 and you're just having to quietly sit there and go, Oh, am I the bad guy? <laughs> Influence. This is your character's pool within mortal society in a political economic way. So wealth, prestige, political office, blackmail, supernatural manipulation, kindred with high influence can sway and in rare cases even control the politics and society of their city, especially police and city bureaucracy. Yay! That is from page 187 in the book. Yay! Influence is always an interesting one Mm -hmm. because I feel... Like, I, it, it's a, I don't see a lot of people necessarily take it because I've always felt like the description is a little... It's accidentally a little too vague, Yeah, I think, for people to wrap their brains around at first. This is partially why I, I try to, at least for our scripts, flip or separate fame as more sociocultural uh, control and whatever, and then influence as more political economic. So you can have somebody who's got, like, a lot of influence and has a lot of control and fingers and pies. People don't know who the fuck they are. Mm -hmm. I think the wealth part is also misleading Mm -hmm. because you can have, I don't know, say, a character who's got 
a five dots in resources and no dots in influence. Mm -hmm. But you could also have a character who's literally homeless and has no, who's unhoused and has no dots in um, resources whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Or, but they have like five dots in influence. So I think including wealth in that throws people off a lot. Yeah, wealth, because the way our society, we live in a society. Because the way capitalism and everything's set up in the world we live in, usually if you have a lot of wealth, you're going to have influence of some sort. Yeah. Regardless if you want it or not. Uh, I didn't really fuck with it when we were playing uh, our main games because I was more trying to like get the system down. Now as a storyteller, if a character had four or five dots and uh, like resources, I'd probably just give them influence in something and have to talk with them about like, okay, this is a cartoonish amount of money this is a james bond villain amount of money how the fuck do you have this much money i need you to explain this to me cool this is what your reasoning is cool you have influence in this now Mm. yeah because i mean i believe with ellis it's literally Mm -hmm. he's just been in chicago since the city that had been settled you have like like, investments on like real estate yeah he was he he bought up like the north suburbs basically where the Mm -hmm. money is the people with money have to pay him money yeah it's essentially how he got to it. Yeah, like half of your shit is just, I'm just sitting on interest. Yeah. And then the other half of it is like, I invested in real estate early on and then I've just been selling it at my leisure. But you also are working on being your own like petite prince. So I was not as like, I have to get influence on this guy. I'm like, he's kind of doing it on his own already. So I'm mm-hmm. going to just, if it comes up, I'm probably just going to hand wave it <laughs> for Ellis. It's also, frankly. if you wanted, I feel like with fame and with resources like that, mm-hmm. you could very easily just say, roll your, if you're trying to oh, you yeah. know, pull a political maneuver, you could say like, roll your fame. Yeah. You know, fame instead of influence. And yeah. Whatever. Roll manipulate and fame. Right. Yeah, for right. sure. Uh, but yeah, so getting into influence a little bit more in depth. So influence will mostly apply within one specific group or region. Uh, the groups themselves can be large and vague. The book suggests things like media, religion, organized crime, etc. I have a char- Bonah Hakim character where their influence is in universities. So it's like academic influence. Mm-hmm. Fucking goddamn. I swear to God. I need table. Sorry. <laughs> So my question here, because you mentioned media, mm-hmm. difference there is fame would be someone like the people we talked about before, Lady Gaga mm-hmm. or Danzig or um, Victor Temple yeah. or Snoop Dogg, whoever. Mm-hmm. They are an actual famous person who is known for doing a thing, mm-hmm. but now they're also just known for being a uh, famous person. Yeah. Whereas like someone who had influence in media may not be a face that's recognized by the everyday person, but they could be like a famous producer or like record, like someone who runs the studio yeah. or like someone who owns like a production house mm-hmm. or something like that. So you are influencing these media outlets, but you're not the face of them. Is that yeah. how you would parse that yeah, out? Yeah, it would be like you're more of a producer really than like a well-known actor. Okay. That kind of a thing. Uh, and for the... <sighs> Parsing that has gotten a little bit more tricky with social media because there's a lot more of a call-out culture. So, like, studio heads and executives and producers are much more well-known now. Because, like, especially up until, like, the SAG-AFTRA things, like, people did not know who the fuck Bob Isaacs is. No. Now we ever will do. We're all just like, fuck that guy. So, you know, that might be one of those, as the story progresses, your influence might turn into you earning or having to buy dots in fame. Or infamy. And then vice versa. If you're like fame is high enough, you might be able to justify either 
earning through role play or buying influence dots just to kind of bolster uh, your fame. I think you could do the opposite, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily push it unless a character was moving in that direction. I mean, you could always do kind of the more horror trope like Neon Demon or Black Swan or something where it's like you are very famous and you have no control over your life and what happens around you. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you are a face in nothing else. You have zero influence. No one listens to you. You listen to us. You are Britney, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That is an example of somebody with a lot of fame, not a lot of influence, which no. is very unfortunate. That's sad. I know. Uh, what's not sad is being able to control regions. Uh, so <laughs> regions with influence should be larger than a neighborhood, but not the entire space. So it could be something like the west side or the south side or a specific borough or district like the Bronx or Whitechapel or Fountain Gondam, Square. Fountain Square. For Indiana people. Yeah. So... There's that. The valley. Like the Richard. valley. <laughs> Always goes back to the valley. Hidden Valley Ranch. Ugh. <laughs> Any prince and mm-hmm. their city. Yeah. So wider influence across like nations, etc. The book does say that this can be done at like four and five dots. Uh, but it kind of depends on the scope of your game. Because mm-hmm. if you're doing just like a typical coterie that exists in a city... You're probably not going to be getting into uh, intercity politics, really, most of the time. But if you have a game that ends up going into that, you might need to, like, recalibrate the influence dots. Mm -hmm. That is a conversation at your table. I also think that if I like the idea of running a game like that, Mm -hmm. but I feel like you would have to go into it from the very beginning being like you base your coterie basically represents this city. Mm -hmm. And so not what what you're building is not only yourself, but the city itself. And you're dealing with the politics, whatever's going on with this other city. Yeah. That's kind of what accidentally ended up happening with the, the the one game I'm in with the Bana Hakim, like professor where the coterie that she's in, the prince is the venture in our coterie and the sheriff is the gang girl and the keeper of Elysium is the Zemitsi. And then I'm just kind of, I'm working on getting because mm. I'm just kind of there. I, my character was part of the Ashir and refused to join the Camarilla until recently because the time thinks it's fine. Perfect. <laughs> justice. Justice. <laughs> so, justice. So yeah, when, but that change in the dynamics didn't happen until like, the second season or like the second chronicle arc but yeah i feel like doing that mid chronicle arc would be really weird so maybe saving that until you get to a good story beat and then flipping which is what our st did and he did a good job so hooray yay uh influence can be used in certain social roles so if you're pushing on systems corporations bureaucracies etc this is a great opportunity for influence to override persuasion or tech roles or whatever the fuck else so if you're trying to like get some paperwork moved across some things in the city and ST's like, hey, can I get a manipulate and persuasion or manipulate and etiquette or politics and just be like, hey, I got these four dots and uh, influence. Can I just roll that instead? I'm like, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Roll that. Roll those bones. You bought them. You should roll them. Uh, Wielding influence outside of its usual bounds can come with some penalties. So if you're using your influence to affect the entirety of the city instead of like just your district it'll just be a minus one Mm. uh pressing influence outside of your region or group can have further penalties uh to kind of extrapolate the way the book set this out so let's say your player character has three influence in like boys town in chicago okay which is like up on the north side uh you would be getting a minus one to an influence role if you were fucking around with like naperville illinois which is part of the chicagoland area 
and maybe a negative two if you're fucking around with Gary and Deanna and negative three if you're trying to like waggle your influence dick in New York City Mm. from Boys Town. That's so far away and who gives a shit? Right. So and if you're uh, having influence three in, let's say, fashion for a different example, you might get like a minus one if you're trying to use that influence in the music scene because like there's a decent amount of overlap, but they're not quite the same. And then a minus two to like book publishers and maybe negative three to minus like to uh, organized crime. Because what mafioso gives a fuck about you and your catwalk? <laughs> so that the the groups is a little vague. So that might be a like play by ear, maybe have a debate on if what the degree of the minuses are. Because I kept trying to think of examples and I kept thinking of things that just like very neatly overlapped. And I was like, these are all like one or maybe two. Trying to find a negative three on groups is kind of hard. Yeah. I think it just, I think at that point, that's just an ST call. Yeah. The person who made the NPC you're interacting with mm-hmm. deciding, does this person give a f- fuck about high fashion or not? Yeah. Just like, are you going to have any kind of effect or influence on their life? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, they may be rich. Yes, they might be wear expensive clothes did they pick that out did they pay someone to dress them do they just wear a suit all the time mm. like there are a lot of reasons why they would just not care not give a fuck that is absolutely or really care so or they're super into it yeah that i feel like that's just <laughs> at the end of the day an stnbc conversation mm-hmm. if no one can really agree mm-hmm. just, you just got to decide you're sometimes. like just this guy doesn't care maybe next time yeah it's all good but yeah Considering what these regions and groups will say about your NPC and how the PC will affect these groups and regions in turn. So uh, did this influence come from when they were immortal and it's carried over into their unlife? Uh, Is this part of their mask? Is the PC trying to change, uplift, rebuild the institutions that they have influence in? Um, Are these simply just tools that they're using and they don't really give a fuck? Uh, Do these conflict with anybody else in the coterie? I think these are kind of interesting things to consider when you're just like, okay, well, if you have influence in this region, who lives there? Are you trying to make it better? Do people there actually give a fuck about what you're doing? This could really, really uh, impact and change how the storyteller is going to have to run these interactions with it as an NPC. So uh, <laughs> that's also just a kind of eh, play by ear, ask these questions. Um, this can't manifest for storytellers with uh, personal interactions. So maybe there's just random people on the street giving you respect or preferences because they're just like, hey, yo, I know the things that you do. Cool and or good. Mm-hmm. You can get into this bar. I don't fuck the cover charge. Uh, getting just random attaboys, things like that. Or, you know, people coming up and asking you for your opinions on things or like how they should invest their money and all sorts of crazy things. Uh Workers, politicians, agents showing up again fairly regularly. Government people needing your opinions on things. Politicians hounding you for donations for you to show up at events. Mm-hmm. Things like that. And then there's also environmental interactions. So there could be regions or groups enacting the desires, designs, and beliefs of the PC. So if you have a character that is very business-oriented and they're your controlling of a region, I, as a storyteller, might reflect that in... Uh, because they're more business oriented, there's going to be more uh, financial districts and less like residential areas in the area. There might be more gentrification, you know, having things like if you have a character that is uh, they're running businesses, but they are a more religious character, maybe having just more churches and religious people to show the fuck up. Having things that the character does reflect in the spaces that they have or interact with, I think is a fun nugget to give them to be like, oh, I'm having an influence on the world around me. Mm hmm. 
Or if you want to be real creepy, you have a Toreador who's got a lot of influence in architectural design and then their choice in color just starts showing up fucking everywhere. It's like, I've decided that this is going to be a teal season. And then just suddenly everything in the city is fucking teal. That was the worst thing I ever learned <laughs> about going in when we went to school for graphic design mm-hmm. was color forecasting. Oh, yeah. That shit drove me insane once I... It's one of those secrets of the universe mm-hmm. you discover and then you're just mad about forever. And you're just like, I can't unsee it. We're essentially just like an arbitrary group of people like, this is going to be the color that's popular next year. And mm-hmm. then tons of corporations and companies are like, it is. It is. This is the color we've manifested, goddamn Pantone. Mm-hmm. And if this concept... Yeah, fuck Pantone. Yeah, if this concept is a little like, what? There's that speech from The Devil Wears Prada where Glenn Close is going on about Cerulean for like five minutes. And it's like one of the most haunting monologues about just how the economy works with colors. And you're just like, oh, fuck. Hmm. (sighs) I need to rewatch that movie. It's really good. Uh, But yeah, another thing you could do is regions or groups reflect the mood, attitude, and mental state of the player character. So if a player character is doing good and they got all their shit under control... Uh, the groups and people that they work with should be like running smoothly and everything should be fine. And if they're having a bad, stressful time, maybe having more traffic accidents, maybe there's more crime, maybe people are just more grumpy. Uh, if there's a sudden loss in humanity, the, the that kind of reflects in these spaces as well as where people are just like more aggressive for no fucking reason. That's easily discernible. Hmm. So environmental storytelling. <laughs> It's like, I don't know, man. Jerry doesn't seem like he's doing well. He's not setting as many fires. <laughs> <laughs> setting fires is you his know, favorite thing. Normally, I would say this is a good thing. But yeah, I'm starting to kind of worry about him. Mm-hmm. There's like way less empty lots now. I know. Due to the lack of fires. What on earth? Jerry the arsonist. It's more like Jerry the sad boy. Aww. Aww. You should probably check on that lad. Yeah. So disliked and despised. These are the one and two dot flaws for influence. So uh, this group or region should have some sort of plot reason to find your character problematic enough to affect the whole city. So if you have a minus one, which is where the dislike comes in, you get a minus one to all social tests except for your loyal supporters. And yeah, which is... Yeah, it's a one dot flaw. And it's like, okay, it's just one dot in all social tests except for like the people I'm groovy with. And it's like, yeah, well, if it's generating from this one specific group or region, you need to really nail down why, what Mm -hmm. for, who are these people? Right. (laughs) And why do they have enough influence to like fuck with everybody in the city to be kind of grumpy with you? So that's a, that's a, that's a thing that I'm just like, this is cool. This is left extraordinarily vague. Thanks. You are a Ventru and you just bought up and bulldozed a small park. No, you were the bad guy in the 80s movie, and, and now everybody's grumpy. Exactly. <laughs> no. And the gangrel tried to save the park from you, tried to even buy it from you, at a profit to you. And, and you, you said, fuck no. that, I want a parking lot. No. <laughs> this park is a parking lot. Exactly. Yeah, we can keep it as a parking lot. <laughs> Damn. 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 <laughs> yes. So that's a, that's a, that's the disliked, which is the one minus one. The two dot flaw version is despised, which is not only do people across the city not like you, there will be active work against you, which equals a negative two uh, to all neutral parties. If you're trying to get them to supporting, to support you in anything, mm-hmm. even people that should technically have no opinion, minus two on those social roles. And the group or region should make a active uh, effort to uh, be involved, to be a problem, whenever, at every. So you turned the park into a parking lot. Mm-hmm. 
And then you bought the local animal shelter right next to it, mm -hmm. tore it down, and put a Kilroy's. No! Yeah, now the gang girls specifically are just like, fuck that guy. <laughs> this, <laughs> fuck are, that guy forever. <laughs> these are interesting to parse against infamy. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Because they're, they're kind of similar. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's a lot of overlap with all of these. And I feel yeah, like that's yeah. why I tend to see people at least in my games take fame infamy mm -hmm. and not so much um, influence and uh, disliked, despised. Yeah, I've, I've found mechanically influenced because it has the tiered areas of effect to be as a player a little bit more engaging because it's like, okay, I have this sector, which is like my home sector, but because so many things in society are like interlinked, trying to not do the meme uh but because so many things are intersectional i could be like okay well i have my influence in academics here's something that i could possibly justify as like okay could i could i potentially roll an influence for like museums or uh shipping i will also like because colleges have a lot of effect on things where it's like okay maybe i could have effect on like housing or i can have some push in arts and culture right yeah. Thinking about that way, I would also say that I do tend, for V5 specifically, mm -hmm. when I've run, I tend to have run for new players. Yeah. Or we're specifically have been trying new stuff out, mm -hmm. like when I was running one shots or that kind of thing. Yeah. And so I think it leads to those first ones more readily, mm -hmm. whereas I feel like influence and dislike despised are better for longer games where you're really yeah. like building up a city and a character mm -hmm. and a backstory. Whereas like those are hard to come up when you have a two game story planned out because oh, I run a lot. Sure. Of, I love one shots. I think they're really yeah. fun, but you don't have as much time to get into the, that kind of minutia. Mm -hmm. So it might be, I think a good way to think of it might be like that. Whereas like fame, infamy, quick, easy. This guy recognizes you. This guy recognizes you, but bad. Mm -hmm. Whereas like you can use the other <laughs> one to kind of like actually build out your character as a person in mm -hmm. a larger city yeah and influence can also be a good i've used this for uh god damn it the good example i have i don't i can't share right now because it hasn't actually come up in the game and i don't want to spoil myself because i'm doing a surprise uh -oh. but uh i have used my influence to drum up a contact to get a job done that i wanted Mm. So that might, if you're doing a one shot, I might suggest, depending on your character concept, doing influence instead, because then you can justify maybe a wider pool of just potential contacts that you might need for a thing. It's kind of like just a, but I like playing jackknife characters. I like just having a lot of like, oh, this, this is useful. Just fucking clown car of just things that I could do to throw out problems to solve them. Mm hmm. I don't like building super specialized characters. It depends on the game. I think yeah. both can be fun. Yeah. Agreed. For sure. I tend to look at like, I tend to see what other people in the party are doing, wait, and then point at the game and say, this is my hole. It was made for me. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. Uh, last little note I had on Disliked and Despise, which is, well, it's very easy to be like, oh, okay, uh, you're disliked and then... Or despise, it's from this group, and then there's this figurehead in the group, and you're going to have personal interactions with this person shaking their finger and being like, I don't like you. Get out of here. Mm. You're not a good dude. Uh, I don't like it. You can also include uh, environmental interactions as uh, the player character, when they're in like enemy territory, it being particularly hostile, vile, or displeasing to that, in or to that player character specifically. So if you have a character that's like, I'm a very orderly and organized businessman, Ventrue McVentrue, and they have a... They're disliked by the Anarch. So if they have to go through like the Anarch hood, everything is 
not set up in ways that they would enjoy and is mm. just like actively hostile to them where it's like, oh, it's just like a lot of co-ops and communes and mm-hmm. weird college hippie women's lib <laughs> shit. And he's like, God oh, damn it. I don't like these blue hairs. Get them out of here. <laughs> Get them out of here. So that's fun things you can do to set stuff up where uh, if you understand what the dislike uh, despise thing is a storyteller, you can subtly let players know that they're in places that they're not liked or that are not going to be good for them based on things in the environment where you're just like, Hey, you're walking into this business. And everything seems cool. And then you see a flyer board and there's just like all these symbols on it. And you realize all the baristas are giving you the stank eye and somebody may be spat in your coffee. You weren't going to drink it anyways. Cause you're a vampire. <laughs> and then you're just like, Oh shit. But you see the strange spot in your coffee where it's slightly bubblier. Mm-hmm. Could be cum, could be phlegm. Who knows? <laughs> and then they're just You'd like, know if it was phlegm. Why would, why would this person pick here to meet? Fucking God. And then you realize, oh, I'm in danger. Mm. I got to wrap this meeting quickly. Like we got to go. So yeah, you just have fun with that. I just like giving little nuggets of things just to like make players nervous. And then depending on how engaged they are in being nervous is going to depend on when I drop the NPC. Just Mm -hmm. like, okay, they seem thoroughly rustled. Hey, you know that enemy you've been worried about? Here he is. He's he's just looking out the window. He's just smoking a cigarette. He's not doing anything yet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Here comes Johnny. (laughs) So the last big one we're going to talk about is status. And this will be reputation and standing within a specific kindred community. Hmm. Mm -hmm. This is like the vampire side of influence. Uh, The book recommends this will mostly be split by sect. If you want to split it into smaller like cults or coteries or clans, talk to your ST about it. It's feasible. It can be done. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. there's some obvious ones. Camarilla and Arca. Or the two big ones. That's mostly what's talked about in the yeah. book. I mean, if you were going to include them as a bigger movement in your game, I think you could also do things like the Sabbat mm-hmm. or the Second Inquisition. Oh, yeah. Or if you wanted to, I would consider other supernaturals as a group for this. Mm-hmm. I think those are the quickest ones. Like, oh, if you yeah. want to break it down to, like, clans and stuff, whatever. But I think it'd be easy to be like, oh, yeah, my uh, I have status with the guru. Yeah. I have status with the mages in the city. Yeah. Stuff like that is pretty easy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're going to keep it to, for just the example for now, Camry and Anarchs, because that's what the book gave me. And uh, this can be extrapolated for mages, I guess. Why would you do that? <laughs> no, I like mages. That's just, it's just fun sometimes to be like, ugh, you guys, you guys think you're doing things? Ugh. <laughs> that being mean. That's fine. It's just like, look, listen here, you tweed wearing fuck nugget. That's okay. No, I like mage. It's fun. Anyways, so. I'm, I'm just sitting quietly because mm-hmm. it's funny that the Tremere is, you know, like talking shit to some magic user with their fake ass magic. Look, look, <laughs> the cool thing with being Tremere is I can do magic and I don't have to deal with paradox because mm-hmm. you're a pussy. Mm-hmm. You just have mm-hmm. to deal with the fucking sun. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I was, I already didn't and go outside. And getting hungry. I got hungry regardless. <laughs> I was a college student. I'm actually currently a college student. Let me tell you. Hungry often. Ugh. It just requires extra steps now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's fine. You know what? Blood cheaper than top ramen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Camarilla. Uh, if you're getting status in Camarilla, that is often something that is extrapolated from your sire's status and the respect that your bloodline gets in that particular city. It can include personal achievements. For Anarchs, uh, your status will often come from your connections with the local leadership, however the Anarchs are being organized in that area. 
We talked about possible ways of organizing anarchs in our Bruja bonus episode, if you want to check that shit out. Anywho. Go look at it. Go look at it. It put a lot of work into that. It's called organizing anarchy. It's hard to miss. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this can include your contributions to the wider community. Yeah, because yeah, anarchs tend to be much more like family. We're doing it together. We are family. Yeah, and Camarillo's like, but I made this, so... I think I think uh, this is also a good one here, status, mm-hmm. where it's more of a... Like, the Anarchs are kind of infamous for never agreeing on the right way to do things. Mm-hmm. A lot of infighting yeah. outwardly, where the infighting in the Camry is behind people's backs. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if you have status in the Anarch community, it's one of those things where it's like, all of that man's opinions are wrong, he's an asshole, but I respect some of the things he's done. He shows the fuck up. He gets things done. I wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily hold a player back just because someone disagrees with him. Not all the time. There will be people, be people who are just like, no matter what, they're going to be like, fuck that guy. But mm-hmm. I feel like because the Anarchs do tend to butt heads a little bit more publicly, mm-hmm. I think there are more situations for this dot to be like, fuck him. But I'll listen to what he has to say. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Fuck his friends. Fuck his six fish. I am going to hear him out, but fuck him. And... And the camera is a lot more just like, I have to listen to him. <laughs> I have to. He is my boss's childer. And if I don't listen to him, I'm fucked. A lot yep. of nepotism. Hooray. So status in one sect does not transfer to the other, but may uh, reach out beyond the base city. So if you have status three in the cam in Chicago, this may result in a status two in the Camarilla in Milwaukee. Hmm. But uh, status within a smaller org may be argued to transfer over. You might want to talk to your storyteller about that. Um, There's not really a mention of this in the core book. I've just had this come up at table where somebody got status within, like, a specific clan. So, like, hey, I have status three in with the Tremere. How does that translate to the rest of the city? And it's like, well, most people constantly say fuck Tremere, so you're going to get status two. Unfortunately, that two comes with a minus in front of it. <laughs> so you're getting one status. You're only getting one time. <laughs> if you if you had status with Toriador, you'd just be getting all of them. Yep. Because Toriador is God's favorite. That's true. <laughs> You've been playing too much Shadowheart <laughs> in the Baldur's Gate. <laughs> Anywho. I like how you said that like a grandma. You've been playing too much of the Baldur's Gate. <laughs> it's sometimes fun to say things like a grandma. Uh-huh. It's fun. <laughs> Why don't you go outside and go find a real gate to play with? <laughs> Why are you playing with these digital ones? There's Just one here's right a in can- front of the house. Here's a can with WD 40. Stop the squeaking. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, status dots. Status dots. Status dots. Oh my god. Yeah, I went full fuck. I, I made one reference to Wisconsin and just absolutely fucked my accent. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, status dots may be added to some social tests. So if you're at like an Elysium, a court, uh, anarch meeting, a first impression, etc., that might be just chucked on top of whatever the social pool is going to be. Mm. Could I ask, what is a first impression? It's slipping my mind. Uh, when the first time you meet somebody. Oh, okay. I didn't know. If yeah. it, the way it was capitalized made me think it was like a special event, like you're being introduced in a city or something. That so. would count. I would believe as, I would count that. Yeah, yeah, like your first impressions either being introduced at court or at a meeting or you're meeting somebody who's like a figurehead yeah, okay, in the so city. Any actual first impression. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. I just read it in the script as like a, there is a thing in the game called a first impression. And I was like, ooh, what's that? But mm-hmm. it's, it's nothing. <laughs> it's a first impression. Yeah. 
it's unofficially yes it is an event in the game but it's just i capitalize it in the script because the formatting was driving me insane because i wrote elysium court and then first impression lowercase and it just like looked weird that's fair i uh <laughs> i like you know what i like the idea whenever a new toreador is sired their first art gallery is called their first impression oh that's adorable okay uh, continuing on, otherwise, uh, status may be used to replace traits on certain uh, social roles. So, depending on the things, it could be like, "Hey, I need you to roll a manipulate subterfuge," and they're like, "Ah, I I have a lot of I have a lot of status. Can I just whip that out and roll it? Flop <laughs> it on the table there." Yeah. Thank you for um, narrating what I did with my hand. You're yes, welcome. The, the the struggles of being an audio medium. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Not only should NPCs in the various sects react according to the status ratings, consider environmental interactions, which would be familiar court and meeting spaces providing maybe additional bonuses or connection opportunities. Uh, too much reliance on status may invoke uh, questioning rumors. So if you're constantly just being like, well, I'm in, I have this high rating because my sire, blah, 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 blah. And everybody's around, just like this fucking Nepo baby. This guy fucking did. Like, it's not negating your status, but like you're getting pressure from people around you because they're just like... I understand you have this prestige, but you've not done things to back that up. So I'm going to be uh, more pressure or tension. I'm shockingly be talking smack. That thing that vampires fucking love doing. Yeah. Like, I'm catty. I could also see it like if you're an arc mm-hmm. character and even if you have that influence, but like your sire is still in the camera doing some wild oh, yeah. shit, everyone being like, what's going on, dude? Like, dude, you're fu- yeah. like, what are you, a fucking tourist? Are you just coming down here to hang out with the drug society and you're just going to run back to your ivory tower once things get too real? Yeah. That might have cut a little. <laughs> like that. <laughs> this fucking trust crust over here. We had to actually deal with people like that. And I fucking, I have such a deep, deep hatred for that. Yerp. Yerp. Yarp. I'm thinking yerp. Yerp. Uh, yeah, and there could also be potentially, you know, you receiving blowback from things that your sire or your leadership has done, and that might affect your status, even though you technically, as a character, haven't done anything. There might be temporary, like, little dips, because, mm-hmm. you know, just off screen. Your sire did this thing. Get fucked. We're going to mock him by mocking you. Haha, <laughs> you stupid little baby vamp. You don't know any better. That's the person that's in charge of you. That sucks. Sucks to be you. Damn. Damn, son. And you smell weird. <laughs> I was just hanging out with my coterie mates. Not my fault he took the alternative Nosferatu flag. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> he can't help it. He has a glandular issue. It's like, he's dead. How? Anyway. Literally can't have one. Yeah. So the flaws versions for status are suspect and shunned, which is the one and two dot flaws. Since vampires are more dramatic slash there's just less of them in an area, so it's harder to avoid the conflicts. The consequences for disliked and liked are a little bit more intense than they are with the influence dots. Mm-hmm. Okay. So suspect, uh, the sect does not like you. You either broke your word, you got out of a deal, some sort of boon issue, you did a scum fuck thing, da 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 uh, Without trying to actively fix the situation, or without fixing the situation, you can't be in the middle of fixing it, you have to, beef has to be squashed. Mm. So until that happens, negative two penalty to all social tests involving the sect. But you can't just avoid them if you're just like, eh, I just, I don't wanna. <laughs> I don't care. I don't wanna, that's a, mm-mm. If I go back there, I am gonna be in so much trouble. So how about I just don't? So it sucks, but it's avoidable. 
I like the idea of it being like somebody left the city mm-hmm. and then now anytime somebody's like, yeah, I was at, you know, I was in Chicago once. Be like, they're just like, man, Chicago sucks. Why would anyone ever want to go to Chicago? Let's just not go there. Like why people go there? Oh. Yeah, ew, gross. I heard it smells bad. <laughs> they it's have windy. A- they have, have you heard they have a rat hole? They have a whole rat hole. The Chicago rat hole? Have you not heard about it? People are just filling it with malort? I thought people were just calling Chicago a rat hole. No, there is a hole shaped like a rat that is in Chicago. Yeah, it's not worth going. We shouldn't go. Yeah. I hear Gary's nice this time of year. <laughs> I hear Gary's nice! You know, nice. I'd be down to go to Gary. We just should probably just go around Chicago, though, because yeah. it's not really worth it, you no, know? Just, yeah. They have public transit. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> public transit's for poor people. I hate this NPC I've made in my head. I hate them. <laughs> that was the most insane thing I think Ellis ever did. What? When he, we played our intro game mm-hmm. and we took the train into Indianapolis, he just mm-hmm. had a car to himself. Yeah. Like he had a whole train car the you whole ride. You specifically booked out a whole car so you didn't have to deal with anyone yes. for like four hours. Yeah, you booked out a train and then you also booked out a suite of the hotel. And either. then didn't tell anyone else about the suite. Yeah, so yes. they got given their like hotel room to do this job that was like booked, paid for, it was in a nice hotel. Ella spent money out of his own goddamn pocket to book an even nicer suite in the same fucking hotel. Told no one. <laughs> I mean, that's just safety. Yeah, sure logistically not like he's having to work with these kindred he's like not really worked with before he's in a strange town like i don't blame him for any of the choices he made fucking the flex the the wild everyone's like where are you i was in my room everyone's like you have a room we're sharing rooms hold on wait a second you get your own you got one too because we were supposed to share a room and i just didn't go oh yeah (laughs) see my proxy just got your own room nice (laughs) i forgot about that uh logistics but yeah shunned which is the worst version it's the two dot version this uh the sect is not about you you've done goofed some sort of betrayal a past beef you're actively working against them various other plot reasons uh to end up on the no no bad list so uh characters in the sect will actively work against you on top of the negatives so my question here would Mm -hmm. be would that be like seem two dot seems low but like could you mark a character as, like, blood-hunted with that? I don't see why not. It's sometimes in my brain it drives me a little bonkers, and it's just because of the way I organize things in my head. Uh, a lot of the flaws and negatives tend to run on a one to three dot scale, but all the positives run on one to five, mm-hmm. except for allies, which goes to six, because fuck me, apparently. Uh, so sometimes when... I initially hear is like somebody's like, oh, I have this two dot flaw. My brain goes, it's only two dots. I'm like, wait, no, two dots is like the bad, bad. Yeah. So basically you kind of have to multiply the flaws and negatives by two to find their equivalent on the other scale. See, I would almost prefer if they just kept the scales the same and just giving you more flaws to start with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like that's the thing though is infamy or not infamy. Yeah. Infamy runs one to five. Yeah. The other flaws are one dot, two dot, occasionally a three dot. I'm just like, why? Pick one. Yeah. You don't need systems inside of a system. Yeah. It's like if all the flaws were kept at either one dot or two dot, I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. It's either like medium road, roast road, medium road, roast mode. Okay. Can run that. Not a problem. So as a storyteller, that might be a talk to your players and see if they want to adjust the raw just a smidge to make it easier for your brain to run because I'm riddled with unmedicated ADHD. So even though on your sheet it says one or two dot, I will 
I will talk to players and have it on my notes as one or two dots. But my ST notes will be like, do I go, is the two dot actually a four dot equivalent or a five dot equivalent based on like how invested the player is into that conflict? Mm -hmm. So that's exciting. Uh, But yeah, last little note I have on uh, the status flaws, which is along with obviously the NPCs that are going to exist because it's vampire and there's not going to be as many. There's not, there should not be enough vampire characters for you to have an amorphous amount of vampires to kind of they're gonna have names and addresses and shit like that uh but consider writing environmental interactions to follow along with the sex cult clan so sect owned areas being foreign or hostile to your pc more specifically sex having specific cultures rites, rituals known to the sect exclusively that your character doesn't know about uh sex having signs symbols and colors that hint at danger or safety for the pc things like that okay like thieves can't yeah, like thieves can't, or there's like a, a, a secret handshake or some sort of trend. They're like, oh, you don't know where you wear the, the pin on the right lapel. Right. Just shit like that where it just kind of adds to like just the, the tension in a way that's outside of just the generic like, oh, this is the bad guy. There's thing there. You, you can judge the flaws up in a way where you're just like, oh, it's a little bit more environmental storytelling as opposed to NPC comes up and goes, you, I don't like your face. Get a bad face, my guy. Oh, fuck you, too. Um, (laughs) I I like it because, like, I feel like you could have a lot of fun with this, especially, like, if you're picking groups like a specific clan Mm -hmm. or, like, Second Inquisition or, fuck, the werewolves are after me Mm -hmm. because they think I did a pollutant. Um, You're too tainted with the worm. Damn, Captain Planet's after me. They think you got one of their books. Mm. Oh, the Tremere? No. No, the the Guru. You... You took you took like your favorite feed? blood doll to one of their like holy sites and just like banged all over it. <laughs> that is a plot line <laughs> it is. in um Hunter the Vigil. Vigil. Yeah, it is. That, it's very funny. I my Ellis is based on the group that that is a plot line for. Yep. But essentially, a bunch of priests accidentally banged on a werewolf holy site. A bunch of rich people had a weird rich people party, and they banged on a werewolf holy site and got into an altercation. And the ones that lived came back and killed all the werewolves. And like, we have a new uh, new thing we like to do that's fun. That's awful. And that's how they became <laughs> hunters. <laughs> Damn. They would. They said so they're the ones who who are notorious for trying to have sex with supernatural. Yeah, Ashwood uh, Abbey. Yeah, or doing drugs with them. Yeah. Or, like, one of my favorite hunter groups, just because the the lore is so batshit. That's basically what <laughs> was happening at Ellis's club, mm-hmm. but he was also a vampire. Yeah, it, it was eyes wide shut with a little dash of like Doctor Moreau's you know, people hunting island. Okay. Yeah. All right. Except it was a hedge mage. If we if we do a uh, hunter the vigil episode, and if you, I will just talk for days. We will we will go. All right. So the last little note I want to give uh, people and stuff is uh, running organizations uh, with operations because i understand uh piloting groups as npcs is a little abstract which is partially why i was trying to give the nuggets of uh environmental interactions and environmental storytelling because these background dots specifically are for groups or areas or like collections of society and trying to figure out how to write and pilot for that especially when you're not used to doing that or you're coming from something like D&D where it's all specifically there is a king and a wizard or a lich and you don't have as many thieves guilds mm. and if you do have a thieves guild it's usually like three guys in a dirty basement so yeah <laughs> and because world darkness exists in our world and there's tons of just 
systemic organizations that are doing various things, most of them nefarious and not good. We have loads of options of things to look at and things that probably should exist in your game as well, just because they should exist. Are you uh, sure they really should exist? Ah, uh, well... In in the world of darkness, yes. yes. In world of oh. darkness, yes. Okay, our world... Probably our not. world they probably... Shouldn't. They probably shouldn't. ...needs to get put into a tube in the ocean, but... Got it. Anywho. So, if you're uncertain on how to have institutions uh, run or how you wish to expand these kinds of antagonists, a uh, couple of sources you might want to consider looking at is... Finding films and television series that have uh, companies, religious organizations, government organizations to kind of pull inspo from. Um, Like one of my favorite uh, films that kind of gets into this is Network from like 1976. It's a good movie. Mm -hmm. Really good movie. But yeah, it's, it's it's a way of being like, okay, there's literally the organization of television and TV networks and how that has effects on individual characters and vice versa and... You know, you can get into, like, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, Society, uh... <coughs> Sorry. Oh, you're good. Uh, the Wire with, like, Criminal Justice. Wire's really good. Yeah, there's tons and tons and tons of things you can get into for that kind of stuff. I mean, even, like, Sopranos, mm-hmm. good for criminal organizations, for or crime. Breaking uh, Bad, if you're dealing with, like, drug yeah. dealers and that more side of crime... Uh, what was that crime show that had Steve Buscemi in it? That one was really good. Oh, it's based on the movie, right? It's uh, like the follow-up to the movie. I think. And I'm drawing a blank. The one that takes place up in, like, mm-hmm. Alaska, I believe? Mm-mm. No, not no, that one? No, 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 no. It's, like, in the 20s. Oh, I'm thinking of a different... Th- I was thinking of Fargo. You were thinking of Fargo. Fargo would could potentially work. I was thinking of Pulp Fiction. <laughs> but that's not... Not as much, no. no. But no, Steve that... Buscemi's it. If you're doing religion, Righteous Gemstones would be a really Ooh, good one. Ooh, that would be good. Um... Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's 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 tons of films and things you can kind of look at and go like, ah, this person is fighting the company. Uh, Wag the dog. Yeah, that's a really great really, movie. really good for if you're wanting to be like, how do how do I run the media as a NPC antagonist? And I'm like, there you go. Examples. I was going to say man bites dog, but like maybe check. Maybe check. Maybe check a trigger warning guide yeah. before you watch that one. Yeah. Uh, another good thing to do is, uh, documentaries and video essays that cover the rise and fall of companies, government and military operations, uh, pollution disasters, scandals of all sorts of varieties, behind the curtains looks at industries and crime. Yeah, there's a lot of... There's so much shit. Uh, basically For... anything done by Simon Whistler on YouTube. <laughs> I like, uh, this channel called Company Man a lot. Oh, that one's great. That one's pretty good. That one's good. That one's very dry. Yeah. But it is good, like, history if you're interested in stuff. Behind yeah. the Bastards is another behind good one. Behind the Bastards is fantastic. Um, Into the Shadows is done by Simon Whistler, and it, it's, it's a little bit of a variety show of just, like, uh, dark and twisted media, but there's a lot of really good 20 to 40 minute episodes about just things in the military that are fucked up, organized crime, uh... The fucked up uh, ecological disasters that have caused by happened by companies like nuclear disasters and how like different organizations handle all these problems or didn't handle the problems. So, yay. But that one's a good one. And they usually do. He does a pretty good job of like fact checking everything and recommend the shit out of that. Uh, And if you're wanting kind of more of a games related all right, I have my organization. I kind of understand its theming, its motivations, how it's going to interact. But like, how do I actually run these operations to actively engage and play with my play my game with my friends? If you go to the V5 Second Inquisition book, there's chapter three called Dangerous Games. This is an entire chapter uh, that uses operation procedures for various government and paramilitary organizations that lay out step by step 
uh, methods that can be used to gather intelligence and tactics specifically against vampires. Nice. I still think that the second Inquisition book is probably the best book put out for V5, but it is so incredibly dense Mm -hmm. that it is daunting to dig into. It's a lot. I when we tried to do our second Inquisition episode, I was just like, "There's, it's too much." They went hard in the paint on that book. They did. Like, it's great. I had four episodes of content that I had kind of pre-written, mm-hmm. knowing like having run Hunter and used a lot of that stuff in the past, and it's all in there. But like that was like not. <laughs> Yeah. That was not really worth bringing up at the time when we finally got the book because we were like, oh, oh, oh they oh. did all this. Okay. They did a lot of really good things. Like the lore uh, was, al- the old lore was almost secondary to what that book was trying to do. And I think chapter three is a good example of that. Yeah. So there's, yeah. So even if you're not running a military or government organization, a lot of like private industries and private civilians can do and will even in our real life use these exact same methods and tactics just in real life, mm-hmm. like weaponizing gentrification and, you know, using honeypots and all sorts of all sorts of shit. So if you as a storyteller are just like, how do I take these flaws and actually make them like an actual threat outside of, you know, a guy showing up and like shaking his finger down again? Yeah. I don't know too much about the YouTuber himself, but Mm -hmm. I I would recommend two videos that I think are really interesting for non-government agencies doing this shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, This guy named Max Fosh, he's Mm -hmm. a British creator, but he made a video first where he paid a private investigator to follow him for a month. Mm -hmm. And he, he spent the entire month trying to figure out when he was and wasn't being um, Followed. surveilled. Yeah. He was never once right. Hmm. Um, and then he, a year later, he did a video where he hired two private investigators mm-hmm. to follow each other without telling the other one oh, that the amazing. other investigator was following them. How'd huh. that go? I'd go check it out. They're both really interesting videos. They're yeah. short. They're like 10 minutes long each. But oh, like, that's cool. That is like a cool, if you like want to see like brass tacks, what's going on. And it's a little terrifying. A little spooky. Yeah. So hmm. yeah, there's there's tons of there's tons of things. And then super recommend this book. Super recommend this book. For planning how to like actively run antagonists that aren't just like mwahaha, I am the BBEG. If you want them to be a little bit more sinister or a little bit more articulate, a little bit more planned through, a little bit more like, oh no, no, I'm gonna get your ass, I'm gonna twist the knife. Well, I will have earned every stab and every knife twist hmm. due to your incompetency. If that's the kind of game you want to run, this is so fantastic. Like reading it, there's times where I'm just like, oh, that's just COINTELPRO. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Okay, that's hoo hoo. Ha 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 ha. So, yeah, that's uh, NPCs as uh, social groups. Yay, social groups. Woo! Sometimes social groups are your friends and sometimes they are not. And sometimes they pretend to be your friends. Yeah. To gather information for the government. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so rude. Just be like, yeah, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take disliked by this group. And then just people show up and like, hey, girl, just confuse the shit out of the play. They're like, I know you guys. What? <laughs> what is happening? Why are you being I, friendly? I heard you like knitting too. I love to knit. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. But the, the clubhouse that you're from, all of them actively hate me. So... Mm. <laughs> Or if I want to be really rude, just being like, ah, I see that this vampire is invested in this knitting circle. It'd be a shame if I uh, bought the mortgage of the person that was in the knitting circle. And then evicted them. Mm -hmm. Or I just had it and just let them know. I was like, I could put them on the street at any point. I know you can't afford to buy them a new house. You know the streets are dangerous. It'd be a shame if something, you know, happened. 
That's when you say, fuck you, that's why we have a community, bitch. Bitch. She got another house at her friend's. <laughs> Mutual aid. Yes. What up? <laughs> <laughs> Capitalism, baby. Or even if you want to be worse, you want to be the bad guy. It's like, oh, so they're in this, like, knitting circle. What if I just, like, became friends with her, too? There are other knitting circles. It's fine. Uh-huh. Just shows up <laughs> at every knitting circle. She's like, God damn it! No! It's I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to start picking up crochet. This is bullshit. One hook, insufficient. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'll have to start felting. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> felting. Uh, I need to look up the name. There's this artist I like who does felting and beadwork, but all she does is make vulvas. All right. And then. they're very good, though. It's very pretty, but all it's right. all vulvas. <laughs> What's yours? She's kind of like a modern. Not is that Francis Bacon? No, you're you're, you're thinking of George O'Keefe. George O'Keefe, yeah, yeah, that's it. I do fucking love Francis Bacon, though. Yeah, he's he, they're very different artists. They are very different artists. Sometimes my ADD and my art history do not line up, but yeah, that George is, O'Keefe was the are, flower lady. Uh, the the pussy flowers. The pussy, the pussy flowers and the screaming demon priest are two different artists. Those are very different people. <laughs> But it'd be cool if they were one painting. Yes. Potentially. Potentially. Screaming demon priest. He, with he's just, just set up, upset about pussy. Exactly. He's real upset about why Why are all these pussy flowers around here? <laughs> I thought I planted daisies. They're marigolds. Scream to God. <laughs> Anywho, we got to write Oh, yeah. So uh, I guess final thoughts here <laughs> on all run. these different advantages that we have explored about social circles. Ooh. I think oh, I've enjoyed having fame, like playing with mm-hmm. a character that has fame. Um, we haven't really been in a lot of situations. Well, I I haven't used it to its fullest potential. We've also not really been in a ton of situations to use it mm-hmm. to its full potential. But a lot of the situations that we have used it have been great. We got out of a fight once mm-hmm. because we uh, whipped in front of a guy and took a parking spot. No, he whipped in front of us mm-hmm. and took the parking spot we were going to take. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody started to get out of the car to confront him. Mm-hmm. And then I got out and was like, hey, it's all good. And he's like, oh, shit, it's you. Will you sign this? You can have you can have the parking spot. I'm sorry. My girlfriend loves your music. Will you sign the CD? She left it in my fucking truck. I've been asking her to get it out for weeks. But, but this worked out. So. It worked out. We didn't get in a fight and we got a good parking spot. Hell yeah. He would have regretted it otherwise. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that big burly uh, country boy would have been smashed by a relatively average height. Average build European, yeah. Eastern European looking man in a windbreaker. Yeah. No shirt. Wrecked. No shirt, just windbreaker. Love it. <laughs> but yeah, that it's been nice, mm-hmm. you know, going places, um, using it to to be like, yo, I need it in this place. Oh yeah, no problem. That's, mm-hmm. it's nice. I think um, it's helpful. Is a bit of a problem every once in a while, for sure. Mm-hmm. As fame is. People showing up and being like, hey, what are you doing? You're like, I need you to go away. Right. Now is not the time. We'll have to go and talk later. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not really, really. We still have a bunch of shit to talk about, like Paralyze. Say, they made music. I will say, before we get to that, though, I do have one final Ooh, thought, which I touched is. on a little bit. But I do think I'm glad we went over this because I think the difference between them are of these different types of advantages are kind of explained in the minutia. Mm-hmm. 
and I feel like I have a better understanding of what they're really going for now because I feel like yeah, yeah, yeah. without really digging into it there's a lot of overlap between these that mm-hmm. I feel like can get lost yeah. so really digging in to like say a player in your game or when you're creating a character some of these and really knowing the difference and laying that out for your st or asking these questions of your players i think will make a huge difference mm-hmm. on how the story goes versus just randomly like oh yeah you have infamy minus two yeah like actually giving getting the reasons and like what was it you did who'd you upset like i think that that's gonna bring out a much broader story a much broader character Mm -hmm. much more um weight there than just being like people don't like me because i'm rude yeah just like (laughs) what if people have made up like a name for you and you don't like it and you can't escape it you're just like oh for fuck's sake god damn it the Birdman of seattle or whatever yeah (laughs) it's just a venture with a trench coat and uh straight leg trousers pigeon boy what you doing (laughs) just like god I'm just trying not to wear a suit because I didn't want to blunt stand out. <laughs> Accidentally wears a gray suit with like a, an emerald green like tie or oh, shirt. Just, pigeon uh, boy. It's like, ah, yeah. oh, oh, the yeah. pigeon strikes again. <laughs> exactly. All right. I see what you're doing. You're, you're just laying into the brand here at Elysium. Okay. All right. Very good. It's good that you're embracing it, you know, because yeah. you're not getting away from it. So you no. might as well like it. No, you've earned this best way to get underneath a venture skin when they yes. dump, when you're needling them on something it's just very firmly really pat them this. on the shoulder you've earned this and then walk <laughs> away and they're just like i'm I seething <laughs> seething i'll tell you what you won't be seething if you go and listen to paralyzed yeah, they made true. our soundtrack our theme song that but yeah that's how it go um and if you enjoy what we do uh, we have our website, blankbodies.com. Takes you to our link tree where you can get to all the future things we're about to mention here, like our Instagram at blankbodiespod, our TikTok at blankbodiespodcast. And if you're really digging it uh, and you want to throw us some doubloons, we got a Patreon. Mm-hmm. No, but for real, though, if you have a doubloon that you want to like throw at us, you can throw a doubloon at me. You got to baseball pitch it at them, though. That's fine. Yeah, that's a deal. Do you know how much doubloons are worth? No. A lot. Money. Coin. It's it's a hunk of gold that's got a history to it, so I'm assuming a lot. Yeah, but on a more serious note, we have a bunch of tiers over there. We do a monthly uh, Patreon episode. They're getting two this month because we skipped out on December for our holiday break. It's going to be a really fun one. I almost got it done. I ended up going way hard in the paint and reading like a third of Dracula just because I couldn't find anyone cite the quote I was looking for. Welcome. So I had to read till I found it. Welcome to my hell. Yeah, it's fun. Um, <laughs> but it'll be great. First part, we're talking like... Uh, some very foundational folklore and stories that these come from and then part two is going to be more pop culture yeah so i mean at this point i'm counting dracula as like more on the folklore story because it's become so iconic that it kind of bled into the folklore but whatever history dracula blood yeah dracula blood hell yeah Uh, but you get the bonus episodes you get discord titles you get a vote in polls for what episodes the patrons get and we do our clan polls we got Mm -hmm. salubri coming up is that yeah, got, um, I'm doing doing the research, guys. Ugh. It, it's fine. I'll make it. It's just it's a lot of Dark Ages. It's a lot of Dark Ages. Yeah, so you secretly voted for Dark Ages episodes. Hey. And then Salubri. So <laughs> we warned you. We warned you. You guys, when you do these clan polls, you do very much 
change the course of what our episode schedule is going to be it's by like a you, lot. <laughs> it's like you Patreon members have a, quite a few dots and influence blank oh, bodies. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, that's shit. right. That's I did true. It. Also, did I just it. found a nineteen, uh, a 1788 uh, one-half Escudo uh, gold doubloon. Mm-hmm. It's on for $695 on eBay. Dang. Nice. Homie looks funny, though. Yeah, w- post a picture of that in the Discord in the uh, patron chat, right. and don't explain to don't them explain why. Don't explain it. Just share the photo. They'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, We're going full circle here. It's, it's... But, yeah, you get all kinds of stuff, and we have a free Discord. So if you want to mm-hmm. join that, it's free for everyone. There are some exclusive patron chats and stuff in there, the Corn Council, the patron chat. But it's free. It's open. People are playing games. Vampire, Werewolf, Mage, Deadlands, Call of Cthulhu, yeah. uh, Mothership. Workshopping their own homebrew lore, people working on their character builds, people just sharing their cool uh, goth outfits. People have been get yeah, people have been getting together multiple times now to put together their own Chicago with all the NPCs from the Chicago games they've ran. Mm-hmm. So there's just like a giant, they're putting together like a giant set of, this is what I do for Chicago and now you can have it too. Yeah, we're building our own metaverse. I demand the Chicago rat hole be canon. I think it's a Malkavian site. It should be. Or I'm a changeling site. Probably both. I feel little, like they would overlap both. on that one. Yeah, watch it just be a ministry site. <laughs> They're really trying to change the minds of the people <laughs> we're, with we're their rat hole. the branding. It's like, you guys really were, snakes are pretty cool. They're like, no, 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 you need to understand. We're changing the branding. Speaking of branding, if uh, you are a game creator, musician, do cool goth stuff, cool horror stuff, and want to talk to us, uh, we do interviews over here occasionally. Now that the year's starting, we have some coming up. And if you'd like to be one of the ones who is coming up, um, email us at blankbodies at gmail.com. Okay. Let us know about your project. I'd love to have you on and talk to you. Yeah, we like talking about the cool stuff because community is important. Yeah. It's yeah. the truth. Community is important. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> on fire. Fuck it. <laughs> all we have is each other. It's true. Yes. I'm holding us up again. I love you all. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Coin, says Spooky Plant Gangrel. <laughs>